You are listening to Hightuk Talks, the official podcast of the AYF West. I'm Haik Minasyan, and we're just a couple of Armenians talking in the world. A couple of Armenians talking in the world. So, welcome, G. If I can call you G, is that okay? Yeah, it's better. <laughs> I understand that's what you go by, yes? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so, uh, G, you're a travel blogger, you're a photographer, you've been living in Armenia for about two years, is that right? Uh, since August 2020. I think it's I think the day after they opened the border again, after COVID. It'll be two years so, yeah. in a few months or something. That's pretty A couple good. of months, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. I'm jealous and... And I'm more jealous of the fact that you've traveled to Western Armenia like four times. Is that right? Um, I think in total, maybe yeah, four or five times. I'd say yeah, all yeah. over I the mean, country. Really, I've been to Istanbul because my family's from there, but I've not gone to Western Armenia. I've been saving that trip for when it's right or when I have the time. So I'm extremely jealous. Um, but. What does that say, right? Like, I'm Armenian, I haven't been there. You have. Um, to be fair, there's a lot of Armenians that I've met in Armenia who've never been there. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a thing. And uh, Granted, like, you know, there's Western Armenians and Eastern Armenians. and yeah, yeah. Uh, But at the same time, a lot of the Armenians in Armenia have Western Armenian roots, let's say. Um, and uh, we will get more into, like, why do you think maybe more people aren't going, but... Before we get into that, I did want to ask you, you know, being non-Armenian uh, and your journey to Armenia, like how did you find out about Armenia? How did you first get out there? Uh, I don't, you have to go back years. I think it was, I mean, I kind of knew about the world of Armenia. I knew about the Caucasus. I just never been there, never went there until I think 2015, I was in Antep. Aintab, Gaziantep, whatever they want to call it. In in Turkey. So when I was there, I I mean, like I said, I knew about Armenian things. I just didn't know it to the extent I know it now, which is still not enough. But uh, as I was in Antep, I had some friends there. I was there three, four times I've been there. I went for the kebabs. They meant to have the best uh, (laughs) food out there. And as he took me around, he took me to a neighborhood called Bay Mahalesi, I think the name was. Loads of mansions, beautiful mansions down small corridors and alleys, and it just looked like something magical. And a lot of cafes and hotels there, basically. Took me to one place, I think it was called Cafe Baghdad, I think it was called. Sat down, had some beautiful tea, and then he told me this was an Armenian mansion. And I was like... Armenian mansion? Oh, that's interesting. Took me to another part of the building, which they never renovated. It's left as it was uh, when an Armenian family was living there. Decor, some writing inside, all this kind of stuff is still there. So your first, I can see the writing. So your first exposure to, like, Ar- or your interest in Armenia was in Western Armenia, kind of, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it still was the, after he showed me the house. I still wasn't that interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, then, right. then as I, I thought, wow, it's a nice house. Yeah, maybe Armenians lived here. They left. I didn't know the full deal, basically. As I started walking around Antep, I saw an Armenian church. Now, uh, I think it's called uh, Maryam Anna Church or St. Maryam, something like this. It's now uh, a mosque. Showed me that, and I was like, okay, it's a bit weird. But I Sophia was a church turned to a mosque. Still nothing weird going on. Right. 
walked a bit more, saw two or three more churches that were Armenian. And I was like, well, so where are the Armenians? I mean, they got all these churches, they got this this uh, neighborhood, Beymahalesi, uh, full of mansions. They must have had money. Where are they? That's when the penny dropped. And I was like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Then I started looking deeper into the whole situation and what's going on, what happened. And Do you know, yeah. do you know the researcher Umit Kurt? Um, he's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, a, he has a very similar story. He's actually like a local from Gaziantep and it was, he has a similar story where he's in a cafe and he, it might be even the same cafe where he discovered the owners were Armenian and he wrote an entire book. Um, and we might actually, uh, uh interview him on this show as well, which would be, yeah, great. I've read segments of his work. Actually. I, I remember he released something recently on Twitter Yeah, he came maybe out last year or something. And, uh, yeah, it was quite interesting to read, oh, but I guess it was a similar experience. Uh, I was just there to see like Byzantine things, yeah. a lot of like Roman type things around there. And then after a while, I was like, wait, there's all these Armenian things. There's no Armenians. Let me look into it. Well, and there you go. <laughs> who was taking you around and like giving you this tour of... No, no, no one. No yeah. one. So basically, in these early times I went, and even now, I, I take my, my friends who are Turkish, they don't even know. Yeah. I'm taking them around. That's They're awesome. like, oh, Gerdip, you've, you've, you've been to Mardin before. I've never been. Can you show me around? And I end up meeting my friends there who are of a Turkish background, a couple of them showing them around, you know, so... I think I've become like an official tour guide in in some sense. I never have been to a place where I've asked someone like, can you be a guide? Like I hate having a guide with me or someone telling me stuff. I just do my own research. I go out there. I just walk around. No, I totally get that. I, I Whenever I travel, wherever I go, I like to first, first off, like go somewhere where I know locals. So I have more of like a locals experience, but that's impressive that you're going to a place you've never been to and kind of doing it on your own. But that says something that, you know, the locals don't really have the – like maybe the local villagers might know what it is, but they're not in a professional way where they can take you around and really show you as like a tour guide. Um, I know Very that- rarely I've seen that, very rarely, where a local will just kind of uh, join you take and you give around. you some information. But- well, I know in Armenia they have some Western Armenia tours. And so at one point were you traveling from Western Armenia to – uh, Turkey to go see the sites, or were you just flying into Turkey? No, nah, no. Normally, I think usually I'd just fly to Istanbul and just get a super long bus yeah, all the way across. That. Sometimes a flight. I think one time, this is again, I think 2016, 2015, I went to, uh, I think I flew into Azerbaijan. Wait, <laughs> I was there for a week, then I went to Georgia, then I went to Armenia, then I went to, uh, Artstack. Then I went up to Turkey. It's a big road trip I did many years ago, 2016, I think it was. Awesome. Well, yeah, you definitely can't do it the other way around where you go to yeah, Ar- Armenia and then Azerbaijan. Yeah. But I mean, I'm glad you're able to go. And I'll say, like, um, you know, Armenians are nervous. They're kind of nervous about going back to Turkey. You know, uh, it, we hear things. We Our last memories of the place were not good. Um, yeah. And they still aren't, let's say. So, I mean, what would you say to the Armenian who's kind of intimidated about going back? Do you think they could do it? I think, I mean, uh, I, I can't really. Right. I mean, I'm not Armenian, you know, but I yeah. can just give my opinion as someone who's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I never came across any issues and I've been there with Armenians as well. So um, 
I was with one of my friends. We were in Akhtamar. Um, we're going to Akhtamar Island to see the, the beautiful church there. And uh, she was with me, and she's Armenian, and the bus was full of, uh, sorry, the, the boat was full of mainly Kurdish people. And we just, because we would speak in English, they were curious, oh, who are these guys speaking English? Started talking. I think the guy was called Asif. He was a teacher, mm-hmm. Kurdish teacher in Van. And as soon as he found out that my friend is Armenian, first thing he said was, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then my friend was like, well, you don't need to be really sorry because you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's like, look, I'm very sorry about what happened. I'm glad you're coming to visit. And so, I mean, most of the things I'm going to say are positive. I'm sure negative things do happen out there, but I haven't come across anything Word. personally or seen anything, I've, but I've had, had stories. No, that's good to hear. Um, but uh, what would, like, so the overall attitude of the locals, let's say, let's say. Even, basically- even yeah, even when I'm asking like uh, Ermeni Kilese or whatever, like is there a church here? Yeah, is there a church here? They didn't say anything bad like, oh, Armenian this, Armenian that. They're like, oh, yes, there's a church over here. They used to live here. Mm -hmm. They did this, they did that. Like as in they had this many schools. They were merchants. They were doing that. Like I'd hardly come across anything. The only negative things I came across two times, but that was to anyone non-Muslim. Yeah. Like this is a place of the Kufar. Yeah, you know, like pointing to an old church, but that's just they're saying it to anyone. When they found out I, I wasn't even following an Abrahamic religion, I was automatically a kufar anyway. So, yeah, I, so for them, it's like for the people that I the two occasions where something negative happened it wasn't even negative. It was just banter. Some old man, some young child. They don't really understand anything. That like anyone who doesn't believe in Islam is a kufar. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't directly to Armenians, but I, I, I guess it's directly to anyone. Who's not Muslim? Also, would you say like a solid pro tip at least is like go with someone who speaks the local language? You know, yeah, yeah, that definitely opens doors. Um, If you have a friend who speaks Turkish and uh, they're in the in the region, then yeah. I mean, would it make a difference if the person is an actual Turkish citizen or like if you just know the language, it should work out? You think? Or is there any passwords that make a difference? Any passwords that make it easier to get around or not get too questioned the whole time? I don't know. Mm, They hardly check my passports. To be fair, when because I went all over um, Western Armenia and only at the roadblocks because a lot of because of this issue that they say that they have with the Kurds in the region, they've set up loads of roadblocks in certain areas, certain towns. Yeah. Where they just glance at your passport, as soon as they see you're foreign, they just let you go through. Yeah. All right, we're, so, we're, I mean, that's that's good to know. And I, I mean, I do want to go. I, I have had a, lot, a handful of good friends who have done the travel out there. And well, the, the funny thing is, everywhere you go, like, for example, I went to Kars. Okay, there was no Armenians there. But then when I went down to Van, I met some Armenians. When I went to Mardin, met some Armenians. When I went to Elazig and Diyabaka, I met some Armenians. I wouldn't say they were the hidden ones. They were also fully Armenian, but they spoke Turkish. Some of them forgot the Armenian language, but they didn't forget their roots. They still go to the church and things like that. They were Armenians from like Istanbul, you think? Or no, no, no. These guys, there? the ones in no, from there, man. The ones I met in Elazig, they've always been there. These two twins, these two brothers. Well, my family, they, uh, my family's Harpertsi. It's uh, Elazig is Harpert. That's uh, actually yeah, my yeah, we, I, I went there. I went to Harpert as well, man. I would love I to go. There. I'm so jealous. But these so. these two brothers, they own a uh, car garage. They they it's family business. They're their father before them. Their granddad had this kind of car business. Well, I saw recently in Malatya that they just recently renovated the church there. I know in Diyarbakir they've started to slowly try to 
reorganize the community of Armenians, either whether it's hidden Armenians and then, you know, not so hidden yeah. Armenians. Um, they, I feel like every time I see the news, like there's some progress and then there's a setback, then there's some progress yes. and a setback. One step forward, two steps back yeah. every time. Yeah. Like the, the Armenians in uh, El Azik, it's only about 20. Yeah. Maximum only about 20, but uh, they don't have their own church. They go to, I mean, obviously there were plenty of churches there in the yeah. past, just not anymore. But they use the Syriac church. There's about 50 Syriac families and I think 15, 20 Armenian families. And that community is kind of meshed together yeah. in Elazig, basically. Well, that whole southern part of uh, Western Armenia, let's say Turkey, Eastern Anatolia, was very uh, intermixed with Assyrians and Syriacs and Armenians. I actually recently yeah. found out that my Kharpert family, like my grandmother's grandmother's grandmother, was an Assyrian, which is really cool. I got really happy about that when my grandma told me. But um, interesting. But, but we have a lot of Armenian friends who you know have uh, Assyrian blood, and it's especially for those parts of the. It's because like you know the, we're, we're the most similar, and you know if we can't go to our own church, you know we'll go to each other's churches. Uh, exactly. Vice versa. Yep. Well, so, um, okay, you've been to, you went to Diyarbakir, you've been to Mardin, you've been to Antib. Uh, Kars, I went Kars, to uh, Erdinjan, Ezurum, uh, Bitlis, all around Van, the whole uh, area there. And then a lot of other, like, smaller places that people probably never heard of, yeah. like Kilatash, Kilatashi? Kilatashi, yeah. Uh, A.K.A. Bagaran, yeah. ancient Bagaran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I went there. That's where something really interesting happened. Yeah. I met a Kurdish boy. <laughs> I read, well, I read your article on EVN. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, please tell us. I want yeah, hear. so... Um, me and my uh, Turkish friend were traveling together for a couple of weeks, just road tripping in that part of the world. And uh, he really wanted to go there. I had already been there like two years before. So we went there, saw there's, I think there's one church, St. Shushanik, which is literally in Armenia, but you're closer to it when you're in Turkey, because on the Armenian side, you need Russian permission and some ball lake just to get there to see it. So for me, it's better. I applied. I got permission. I went to, to the Russian soldiers. They said no. Yeah. So I was like, what? I even have all the paperwork. This was in Armenia. So I had to go, obviously, around Turkish side, went to Kilatashi, and I was right next to it on the other side. So I'm like, this is mad. Like, come on. This is a beautiful Armenian church. Why can't Armenians see it? Yeah, I didn't know about that. You know? That's crazy. So, yeah, yeah, it's right there. And uh, met some characters in the village, and one of them – Man, I forgot his name, but it's in the article. He said this many years ago, his chickens ran across the river, a Korean, up to where the church is, and he had to literally cross the border into Armenia to grab his chickens and bring them back. It's quite funny. <laughs> well, it's right there. Even Ani, like you can see uh, uh, the ancient city of Ani from the Armenian side of the border. Yeah, but the crazy thing is you have to go to Kharkiv village, and again, you need permission from the Russians, which is pain in the ass. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, why? That's why I don't understand why. That border is dead. On the Turkish side, there's nothing. All they have is a camera system set up. There's no soldiers. There's nothing there on the Turkish side. They've left it to cameras. You know what my fear was? As long as you don't... What? Yeah, as long as you don't cross the border, there's no problem. When I was like 11 years old, my first time in Armenia, like our fear was, is like, oh, if you walk too close, like they'll snipe at you or something. They'll shoot you yeah. or something. Maybe in those times, yes, because I heard of stories. But in the last five years, I, in the times I've been there, and I've been only four times, they've taken away all the soldiers from that region. The they, they, they're they in the barracks, which are not far, but the border itself, all their posts are empty. They've put a new camera system there and they just let the cameras do the jobs. Yeah, or they just sit in the barracks and drink chai or whatever they do. That's interesting. 
Well, um, so you saw Bagaran, which is one of our uh, ancient capitals. You saw Ani, which yeah. is one of our ancient so capitals. So in, in, in Bagaran, uh, when I was there, um, they told us to go up to this little kind of a hill where there's, a, like I said, an old outpost, Turkish outpost, completely empty, dead. And as we we're going up there, um, met a couple of, um, I don't know, herders, you know, like uh, moving cattle around, shepherds, yeah. kids, kids, yeah, like four or five of them. And then I told one of them, hey, we're looking for a spring, um, su or something. I said in water, like uh, in Turkish, like so this is a religious site, like a holy spring. Because that's what the old man, Kurdish man in the village said, hey, there's a holy Armenian spring up there on the hill somewhere. There's a cross there. So we went there, we found it. And as we were looking at it, the kid, I've got a picture in the article. The kid was kind of point, I pointed out to him, I go, hey, look, it's Armenian writing. And he kind of looked down at the cross and whatever. And then I go, hey, uh, kid, what's your name? And then he's like, Ararat. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, I asked him again. I go, wait, what's your name, mate? <laughs> and he's like, Ararat. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like this kid. Then I was like, do you know what your name means? He goes, no. <laughs> yeah. Not angry. <laughs> and then at that point, you know? yeah, yeah. So at that point, I was like, should I tell this guy the truth? Like, I don't want to shatter his world. He's only about ten years old, you know. He might not mean so, anything, to uh, him, or he might not understand. Yeah, too yeah, much, yeah. You know? We told him it's he's crazy. named after a mountain, and you couldn't really see it from there. And I was like that big mountain down there. That's the name. We call it Ararat, but in Turkish it's Agridag. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really say too much that it's Armenian or whatever. I think he's gonna figure that out. Yeah. But I'm sure his his parents obviously must know something, their grandparents or something. That is interesting. No that because I haven't heard that before and it's obviously very it, it's also like the international term for the mountain, but it's you know it's an Armenian. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean the I mean the the mountain to, to Turks doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just a big mountain. That's all it is to them. Well, other than the other than a reason to like complain to us about having it on like Armenia's coat of arms or something. Yeah, yeah, but, I've, I've seen uh, some articles about that. It's a bit nuts. But. but do you know the joke that like the the the, the response that some Armenian gave was? Well, you have the the moon on your flag. You don't own the moon, no, do yeah. you? <laughs> it's, it's such a good one. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, uh, so, hey, I would I would love to go to Bagaran because it's also one of those like more uh, unknown cap historical capitals of Armenia. Like Armenia. literally, hardly anyone goes there, and there's a lot of Armenian things. There's uh, remnants of I think two churches, three that we saw. One of them was actually quite important. I think it was uh, Saint. Thomas was it? Was it Thomas? I'm getting the name wrong. Might have been. It was a really big structure. There's a black and white picture of it that still exists. Nothing's there now, yeah. but other than some rubble. So, but there's a newer 19th century church at the top of a kind of a hill as well oh. that you can see on the Turkish side. Well, I am I, I am curious about the conditions. I also wanted to talk to you today because. Uh, one, I've been following your work for, you know, a, a year or so, and I, I love the photography, and I loved seeing the most up-to-date photos of what's over there, you know? Like, I've seen yeah. plenty of photos, but I'm like, you know, he just went there last year. This is what the most recent look is. Um, what was the conditions of a lot of the places you went? And also, if you've gone to a place more than once, you know, did you see a difference from the first and second time? Um Yes, there's a place called uh, Kozluka, Kozlucha, I think it's called. I, I never know how to pronounce these things properly. But it's just before Ani. So just before you get to the, the village where Ani is, it's a village called Kozlucha, mm -hmm. I believe. Okay. And I went there in 2018. There's a monastery there called Bagnayer Monastery, I believe. And then there was a small chapel next to it 
when I went there, I was just full of farming equipment, haystacks, all kinds of garbage everywhere. And yeah. you couldn't really get on the insides and see anything properly. But now when I went last year, literally like the whole place has been cleaned out. And then some old men came away. We asked them, we go, Hey, look, when I came a few years ago, there was all this equipment, all hay inside this small chapel and all this kind of stuff. He's like, oh, the gendarmerie told us that we have to clear out all these special places. We're not allowed to keep anything inside these buildings anymore. So from what I, from, from, from that conversation, it looks as though the gendarmerie and who control that region, yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. a whole state thing. Maybe it's just that region. They've been told, look, you got to keep this shit clean. Don't put anything in there. Uh, no, that's awesome. They've abided by it. No, that's great. I mean, because uh, my, like, you know, I don't always get too mad to think that, like, okay, a villager, a poor villager is kind of using these spaces for this and that. It's my more concern is yeah. when it's on a state level of, like, you know, uh, letting these places get destroyed or degrade to a point. But that, yeah. that's great to hear. And, I mean, do you think it's because the government is kind of trying to turn those sites into more of, like, a touristy kind of experience? I think that they, they, they might be trying to add it as part of, a, like, an Annie experience because Annie is UNESCO, and this is literally, like, 15 minutes before Annie. So maybe there is something going on there. Even in uh, Kilatashi, which is maybe about 40 minutes north drive from Annie, there was, from what the locals told us, some people came and they're going to start excavating that area. So it looks like there's something happening around there. You know, I'm not sure what exactly, but... I mean, that's awesome. Like, a dream of mine would have been to be an archaeologist and go to Western Armenia and do all that, but my only worry with that is, like, you know, they're going to dig this stuff up, keep what they want, not keep what they want, and then call it whatever they want. Hopefully, it's done by yeah. independent groups, and, you know, it's done fairly. Yeah, normally, it's, uh, from what I heard, it might be NGOs, because I know there's some NGOs working at Annie... I think one of them actually is Armenian. That's okay. That's that one of my friends. Yeah, uh, Turkish Armenian. Yeah, one of my friends. She's Turkish Armenian. I think her uncle, she said, is actually working on site there. Oh, that that makes me feel better. In Annie, at least. Um, no, so well, the the, that, fu- the funny thing is, like, if they ever, I mean, not funny, but the good thing should be in the future, if ever this thing happens where the border is open, kind of yeah. less awkward than it is now. There's also six other places that can be visited that you probably I don't know if you know about Horamos uh, maybe not Horamos Monastery oh Horamos so in Artsakh no there's one in Artsakh no, no 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 this, this one is crazy place like literally if you go to uh, if you look at Annie you look north and right on the Akurian but on the Turkish side you can see it from um, Haikadzor village in Armenia okay the river kind of bends past there, and you can kind of see the church from there, but there's a massive monastery complex. I think one of your kings was buried there. Well, I've seen one of the Bagratuni kings was buried there, and there's a big monastery, four structures, four big structures, and the dome inside is full of these beautiful kachkars and faces of priests, and it's an amazing place, but you can't go there because uh, well, <laughs> it's like in a military zone. Well, I've seen something like that on the Armenian side of the border. That's not what you're talking about, right? It's on the Turkish no, side no, border. No, 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 no. On the on the Armenian side, you've got three small churches. You've got Haikadzor Church. There's uh, Artsa Bagan Church. I can never get the name right. You have to say and then you've got uh, <laughs> the Saint Sheshunik, the Bagaran Church. So there's these three that are kind of stuck in this Russian-controlled border area where you need permission. They're the three I tried to, to visit from the Armenian side. But on the Turkish side, 
There's also there's something called the Shepherd's Church, north of Annie, small kind of chapel, yeah. but again, right on the Akurian, and the, the text say it's in a military zone. North to that, you've got uh, Tylor Church in Horamos Monastery. There's about six structures just in that one vicinity but in a military zone. So this is my story. So I've been trying to go there for years, and they had Jinder Marie there, right? So you, they just stop you, like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. So me and my mate, we drove there last year down this really awful fucking dirt track road. We've got like a really crap Peugeot and it's not made for these roads. Man. I'm telling you, we could get stuck at any point. Mm. We're driving 15, 20 minutes. I'm trying my best to, to be like Lewis Hamilton, trying to get past the holes. As we're driving, I'm so fixated on Horamos. We pass a massive catch car on the side of the road. Huge one, like six foot. And I was so like just focusing on getting to Horamos, I didn't even stop to take a picture of that. I was like, you know what, on the way out, we'll take a picture. We're driving, we're driving, there's a gate, Armenian gate. It used to be, I think, this big monumental gate as you enter Horamos. We went past that, took a couple of pictures of that, stopped the car, didn't go any further. And as I looked, I'll send you the pictures later. As I looked, you see, like, it's kind of down the river, Horamos Monastery, two other big churches next to it, and this beautiful flat plain and the river just running through them. And it's just right there, man. And as we were doing that, some men men were installing, uh, local villages were installing the new camera system I was telling you about. So my friend was like, oh, maybe we should ask them, uh, see if we can go down there. I'm like, let's not ask no one. We just walk. And if they come, they come. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. So we're about to walk. And then the men started stopped and looking at us. They're quite high up on this tower looking. So my friend was like, oh, okay, maybe we should go and speak to them. I'm like, okay. As we were walking, I could see Horamos. I could just see it. I didn't want to pull my phone out. Went to the guys. They're like, hey, we're the villagers. We're fixing the new system. You shouldn't be here. You need permission. You can go with permission. It just takes a while to get it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I barely took one picture. I saw it with my eyes, and I'm like, I am planning to go back because I've got a friend in Kars, a Kurdish guy who has connections who can maybe get me in there. So I am planning to go back. And if any Armenian listening has never heard about it, you should know about this place. No, 100%. And I was going to ask you what your plans were if you're going to be going back. What, is that going to be in 2022? You think? Uh, I think it's definitely going to be this year. I'm going to go somehow to Kars, and then I'm going to – hop on a, a car with my mate. We're just going to drive down. It's unmanned now. Like I told you, the nearest post is quite far. It'll take them longer to get to me than it will take me to get down. I'll be I'll be down in 10 minutes from the, the point where the car can stop. It'll take me half an hour to get down, take pictures, leave. The, the patrolman, it will take them maybe 45 minutes to get to me. If they see me on the camera, that is... So I will try it. I know. So I know you wrote an article. I've been following again your footage, and yeah, I I will want to. I want to see some of the things you're talking about, and we'll share with our with our followers, our listeners. Um, But do you have plans? uh, Additional plans on what to do with all this footage and all this documentation that you have? Uh, um, Still TBD. Yeah, I set up Twitter in 2008, and. I just got on it like last year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a long time. So I thought, you know what? I've got all this material, all this knowledge and stories I've heard. Let me just start posting it. So I have started posting everything on there, obviously on my Instagram. People have came to me and said, oh, you should do like an exhibition. Do like I would, I would do it, but I'm just too lazy. Yeah. For example, the article you wrote, that's been a year in the making. And I just did it like a few months ago. 
So, like, yeah, I'm sure you that's can do the t- point where... I'm sure you could do, like, five or ten more articles based on all your experiences and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 I've got... Yeah, I could, I could do loads. I mean, I, I could... If someone wants to take my photos and do something with them, go ahead. I'm not copywriting anything. If Armenians want to do something with it, they can take them for free. It's no problem for me. Well, from my perspective, I'm just happy. I'm like, hey, look, someone's documenting it. Someone's, like, uh, sharing it with the world. That's obviously, like, it makes me very happy, and I'm like, okay, good enough. But... I would definitely love to see something you create one day, whether it's an exhibition or like a photo book or whatever it is, uh, or or even you, one day you're like, hey, I've been to all these places and I'm gonna bring a camera crew with me one day and like do all that. Who knows, you know, a film or something. Yeah, I mean, like I tried video blogging and I just didn't like my face at all. I still don't like my face. <laughs> I tried, yeah, I tried it. I made a few videos like five years ago and I was like, okay, this is not me. I can't do this. I'm going to stick to taking pictures. And then even with exhibitions, like I don't want to, I don't like being center of attention. Like center of attention. Yeah. I want people coming up to me, asking me questions. So that's why I told my friends, like, look, if you guys want to take my stuff, you guys do something with it. All good. Put my name on it if you want, but I don't want to. I want to come as a guest. I don't want people to know who I am. I don't want like hey, attention, basically. Yeah, hey, I know what you mean. Like when I f- first started doing this podcast with uh, uh, our organization, I was like, I didn't like it either. Um, but okay, so it sounds like uh, you need someone to collab with, someone to be like a partner in terms of like. Yeah, if someone wants to do ninety nine percent of the work, and I just turn up for <laughs> and you put them, a free glass of wine, then yeah, you give them the material, <laughs> and then they do what they gotta do. All right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. I've, I've got another thing to tell you, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you know, in Bagaran, there's another uh, another church there called Moren Cathedral. Have you heard of that? Uh, no, it's crazy. Moren, M-R-E-N, cathedral. So, uh, again, this was in a military zone. It's not as close to the border as the other ones I've mentioned. It's a 7th century church, Armenian church, beautiful. I'm looking it up right now, cathedral. You're looking at the pictures, yeah? Yeah, yeah I see it. it it's still... so I, went there, I went there a few years ago, and um, there's no easy way to get there because the roads are a bit crap. It's next to this, funny enough, it's next to a village called Karabakh. Yeah, I see that here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it... And the people in the village are very nice, by the way. And they, they, they're like, yeah, the Armenian church is over there. Is it still? But it, they're like, watch out. Is it still like the foundation is still there? The one, seeing... one side is collapsed. Uh, I think World Monuments Fund were trying to do something to uh, put some uh, beams up to protect it. But that was in 2011. And I think the government were like, nah, gonna, as in Turkish government. Yeah. And WMF, World Monuments Fund, they do a lot of good stuff. So I'm wondering, like, why there was a break in communication there. Is there an incentive? Uh, and then I, I was going through my head, like, why? Because it's kind of weird. Because this WMF, they, they use their own money, NGO or whatever. They go out. They, they did go at one point and they documented the whole building. They took like uh, sonar images and all kinds of stuff, and they've got a whole article about it on their website. You can read about the church. But then I read that one of the main people of WMF a few years later, they weren't allowed back. And now it's completely now. Uh, when I went last year, like you can't even get there because the uh, watchtower, the, the barracks is very close by. And they have a, the camera system, like I mentioned. If you're seen there, the, they will just come out and be like, why are you here? You need permission again, which can be a little tricky. But if, I think if you're a local, you can do it. Because some of my Turkish friends who are doing architecture as a thesis or whatever, they've managed to go to Horamos, the place I told you about, and here. Interesting. With permission, with soldiers. Soldiers with them. But my story is, in 2017, I went there illegally in Moren, right? And I had 10 minutes there. I walked for like an hour with my Cambodian friend. He had no idea what I was bringing him into. 
I told him it's safe. Don't worry, nothing's gonna happen here. <laughs> so I took him. I took him there. We walked, man, for a while. Uh, if you look at the satellite imagery of that church, you can see that there's extensive ruins all around. There's a whole village built around that cathedral, basically. So excavations, I'm sure you'll find crazy shit. And if you look at the date of the church, I think it's sometime in the seventh century, which means like Turks weren't even nowhere near the region. They, they, I think they weren't even Islamic. They probably still were sh- like doing their shaman religions or whatever. Or whatever yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Prophet Muhammad probably just died or was still <laughs> still out, yeah. was still preaching. Mm-hmm. So it was at that time where it was like Sassanids versus Byzantines, Armenian vassals in the middle, that kind of thing. So old. That's probably like one of the special churches I've ever seen in my life. Because there's a there's a a carving on the front, and um, it's got one of the one of the Byzantine rulers carved on the front. I think it's Augustus. I always forget the name, but one of them is barely, you can make him out. He's on a horse. So it's kind of the, the Armenians who are ruling in that region. They were kind of backed up by the Byzantine yeah. empire. Whereas one half of the Armenian population lived further away. They were with the Sassanids. Mm, Those interesting times when this church was built. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I got there. I was only there for 10 minutes, took a couple of pictures, walked in. Inside was like a bomb blew it up. Grave diggers everywhere, massive holes. You can see the bottom of the beam, the, the structures, crazy inside. One half of the churches fell down. Most of the structure is still there. The writing you can still make out, frescoes of Jesus you can still make out here and there. And then after about 10 minutes, just walking around, taking a couple of pictures, I kind of felt something in my stomach. I was like, something feels weird here. I looked behind me, this big military truck with dust blowing up, just bombing down, coming towards us. My friend is shitting bricks. I'm like, listen, just don't say anything. Don't even speak. <laughs> Let me talk to him. <laughs> and then they jump out and they're like, ah, oh, dickhead, dickhead, uh, whatever, like, word, like warning. I thought he said dickhead. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, I didn't like, know English. You know? <laughs> no, they said dickhead. <laughs> and yeah, I put my hands up because they had their guns out and shit. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. I was like, Yabanji, Hayer Dushman. And then I was like, uh, Suriani Kilese. I was like, this is a Syrian chess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, who would they hate the most? Armenians followed by Greeks, and I think Syria Syrians third, right? So I was like, yes, yeah, so Syrian church, mate. Like, come on, like just trying to play dumb, you know. And then after a few minutes, they're like, oh, I saw my British passport, Cambodian passport, that kind of shit. Yeah. Like, okay, these guys, nothing weird going on here. We're still going to take you back to the barracks. Yeah. Went to the barracks sat down in like in a tent and it was like I felt like I was in a Rambo movie yeah. I sat in a tent this guy with a hat he wants to see our passports again so I was like here you go and then he looked at my passport and the first thing he said was Leicester City Football Club <laughs> and I was like I was like Leicester City Football Club then he was like Jamie Vardy and I was like Jamie he started naming like six football players from my my home uh, city basically because I think a year or two before that we won the championship title like a one in a million in I, English football remember, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> 20, 2016 that was and that was there in 2017 so he just started naming football players I started naming them back and then he's like Ikichai Varma I was like he's like I think he said do you want two cheese yeah. or whatever and I was like yeah 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 cool cool sitting there for 15-20 minutes he bought some food had tea talking about football talking about daily life talking about his kids and wife and I was like these guys are cool man they're not gonna nothing really I think they thought we were grave diggers or (laughs) doing some weird shit I don't know what man but I I have seen in the region though they are putting a stop to grave diggers 
that's good. They come heavily. They come heavily down on grave diggers. Like, um, well, sorry, gold diggers, not grave well, diggers. Well, for, gold diggers. To clarify, for or the, treasure hunters, the, the the real term, I guess. No, that dude. That's a whole thing out there. I, I actually like. I have been on a Facebook page of a bunch of like treasure hunters in Turkey, where they share notes. They like post photos of like, what does this symbol mean? It's it's. Like it's very weird. It's they're treating it like it's an Indiana Jones kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, By the way, I infiltrated a group on Telegram, and I met someone in uh, Van. By the way, so I was, pl- I was, I was playing uh, a role as a uh, as a buyer, basically. You just to, like, I was like take so, you so around. What do you have? Yeah. Or like this. Yeah, yeah. He was asking me because we were somewhere, and he just came out of nowhere. I think we're in, not in Chatak. There's another region we went to. Um, can't remember where it was now, but somewhere in that region, we went somewhere and some guy came out. Uh, sorry, no, it was near uh, Annie, actually. It was close to Annie in this uh, Kozluka village I told you about. Yeah. Another guy came out uh, later. First, an old man came, and then this other guy came out. These guys, he's like, Oh, so you're looking for uh, treasure <laughs> yeah. here, huh? Gold. I was like, Not really, man. We're just here taking pictures and, uh, and this. He's like, I found something. I don't know if it's worth money. Do you want to buy it off me? And I was like, what is it? He showed me a couple of pictures. It wasn't much, man. You can barely make out writing on, on a small piece of rock. And then he said to me, he goes, look, I heard there's a lot of gold up by the mountains. There's a fountain with some Armenian writing. I heard they buried a lot of gold there. I've got some equipment. Let's go together tomorrow. Come with me. Let's go and find the gold. And I was like, uh, you know what? We've got travel plans. I'm busy, but I will take you up in your offer one day. Give me your number and whatever. Took his number. A few days later, he started messaging me, showing me things, telling me about his crew, his contacts, what he's trying to do. And I was kind of infiltrating mm-hmm. this place. And I was like, what? But from what I've been told, when when we were further up near Trabzon, we are coming down over the mountains, Ardahan somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we were driving at night in the middle of nowhere to look at a church. Some local villagers came out angry, like, hey, there's no treasure hunters here. Get out. Like, if you're a treasure hunter, we're going to call the police. We're like, whoa, we're just taking pictures, man. Look, I'm British. My friend uh, is uh, from somewhere else or whatever, yeah. you know, like they were really deep on it, man. That's like, good. Uh, that's good. I mean, it's, it, I think it, the penalties are quite harsh as well. Because no. someone told us a story that one guy, he got caught got um, trying time. to find some gold in a Georgian Armenian church or something. And literally he had to sell his cattle, sell his house just to pay the bills. His wife left him, all kinds of shit, man. Like it's quite harsh. You, you, give, you tell that story to all the locals, they'll stop. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that, that's really good to hear. I mean, yeah, it's something that we're like aware of. And it's, it's funny that it's almost become like mythical, like uh, understandings of what might be there at this point. I had a friend who went back to Western Armenia and they were like, because an Armenian came back to the village, they all brought out this like yeah, copper yeah. that they had found and thinking that like when an Armenian comes back, it'll turn back to gold or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so when you're, when you're going to these sites, uh, well, what I wanted to ask you, do you, do you think you'd, you had an easier time uh, going to these old Armenian sites further away from the border in terms of the gendarmes and uh, government um, officials? I mean, the, the only place you'd ever have a, an issue is like I said, those couple that are kind of, for some reason, like, one of them is not even as close to the border as Annie is itself, like Moren, where they took me away. That's not even close like Annie is that like close because Annie's right there. Yeah. This one is yeah. further away. So I don't know why they don't open that up to tourism because it's a beautiful place, but I think it's the facts of the place. Yeah. It's, it's hard to explain. I think it's the facts. I think the facts might scare them that it's 7th century 
the four Turks were even there. Many what? You a know. long time before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll probably call it Georgian, Georgian Church or something else. Who knows? Well, I wanted to ask that, like, were there ever any, like, signs on these monuments ever that you came across, wherever it was in Eastern Army or Western Army? Um, I did see one good thing, though. I remember going to Annie the first time in 26. I went four times in total. The first three times, there was this weird sign. Like, they'd mentioned Georgian. They'd mentioned, like, Turkish or Seljuk or this, that, and the other. They'd never mention Armenian. Mm-hmm. And the only Armenian mention they had was this random minaret in the middle of Annie that's like collapsed. And then they put down something in English saying, oh, there was an Armenian priest. He blew up this minaret, yeah, I mean, which there's no evidence points to that yeah. at all. There's nothing. There's no, there's no evidence they can provide you to say that that claim is true. But it's just that's the only mention of the word Armenian, Armenian in Annie right? was yeah, on that right. signboard. Terrorist, yeah, blew, blew up minaret. Right. <laughs> but now when I went back last year, that sign doesn't exist anymore, right. which is right. great. But then again, the word Armenian doesn't exist still. Yeah, no. <laughs> they just right. call it Bagratuni. Right. But I'm I'm hopeful that the people that go there, not just to take those Instagram photos, you know, the girls and the guys yeah. just standing there taking pictures, not knowing what the place is. I hope that they just Google Bagratuni. I hope so too. And then they read the article. I'd be like, oh, wow, shit, Armenians. Because obviously all the writing is in Armenian. I didn't see any Georgian writing. Yeah. Maybe only in... Northern... There's a church they called... No, there's a church they called the Georgian Church in Ani. Maybe there was something there, but it's only a wall's left. Yeah. Otherwise, everything that's there, even the Zacharid dynasty buildings, which were the Georgian-Armenian joint uh, dynasty, Family, yeah. even those buildings are all in Armenian writing. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good that they've changed things there, but at the same time, they failed to mention the, the actual truth. But like I said, if people are impressed by the structures and the word Bagratuni is in their head, if they Google it, they'll learn about the place. But in other places, I haven't come across any misleading signs. I saw that in Van, there's some Armenian signs now. All right. When you go to Akdamara, there's signs in Armenian. When you go to the place where they have those bloody, well, there's those cats, those with different... The, the van cat, yeah. What do you call them? The, yeah, the, the van cat, Green which people eye. keep telling me is a, is a fake breed that someone just made up. But you saw them. I don't know if there's any truth Did to it. Did you see them? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a couple of times. I've seen them, yeah. But the signs there are also in Armenian. All right. Well, that's good to know, too. And I think there was one or two other signs I saw in Armenian as well, mm-hmm. only in that, that area. So, for- But all, all in all, a lot of, like I said, a lot of the ruins are just ruins. There's, they're not signposted. They're just in the middle of a village or, or high up in a, uh, like monasteries and mountains, so far away from, from humans. Only the shepherds, the Chobans, man. I always make friends with the Chobans. They know, they know everywhere, yeah. They're the landscapers, always, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I always tell them, when I was in Erzincan, I met a few, and I was like, hey, is there any more places up here? He goes, yeah, you got to walk for three hours. <laughs> there's a cave. There's all these things, croc carvings. I was like, I'll probably get killed out there. There's no point. You need, man, you need sheep to find it. <laughs> you need, you need, to, you need yeah, to have yeah, a literally. to go find it, actually. <laughs> the sheep know where it is. Um, no, uh, so that's my advice. Like, always speak to Chobans anywhere you go. They know everything. They've been everywhere. They know every they know the nook and cranny of any place. They know the land. That's their job. Um, 
But also, okay, um, Ani, uh, Bagaran, uh, Kitashi, uh, um, you've been all over. Cars as cars. well, man. you got to be on team cars. There's, yeah, a, big, yeah, there's so. a big church there still uh, in, in That's tact, the 10th century uh, cost cathedral, uh, they call it. It was just a church, though. It wasn't really a cathedral. But in and around cars, you will see some remnants of the Armenian past. There's a second church on the foothills of the castle. A lot of people don't know about it. There's a cemetery that I... I would say rediscovered. Some people forgot about it. it was, I posted about it. I don't know if you saw that you go higher up kind of in the hills opposite the uh, castle. Yeah. There's a kind of a flattened uh, Armenian cemetery there. The locals have no idea. Yeah. I showed the locals like one image that I had of it that someone else went like 10 years before me. And they're like, I've never heard of any Armenian cemetery. There's not one here. Like, are you sure? <laughs> so I kind of had an idea where it might be. So I spent like an hour just walking up and down, gallivanting these hills. I'm like, shit, I found yeah. it. And it was right there, still there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's away from people. No one goes up there to do any more more damage than they already did in the past, you know? So what would, um, so I'm a, one of my favorite spots that I, obviously I haven't been to, but I can't wait to visit is Surkarabed Monastery in Mush region. Because there's a great story about uh, the pilgrimage that they would do there every year. There's a song they would yep. sing. They would go and uh, and I had this whole like picture of my mind of what it was like back then. Um, and Subgarabed, for people that don't know, was like the Western Armenian version of Eshmiadzi. It was a huge complex. Yeah, yeah. Huge Literally, complex. it was the number one, yeah, right? It was it, huge. It like was, it was the number one. Uh, yeah. At least in that part, for sure. Um, and so, but you saw the condition, and it's one of the sadder ones because there's really like barely anything left of this huge complex. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're so remote. Like that village didn't exist there. There was no village there. Yeah. Like, it was so remote on a hill. That village, I think, only existed, like, in the 60s or something. Kurds moved to that area, settled it. Um, but, yeah, when I went there, there's literally only a chamber left, one chamber of the bigger monastery. Inside, there's a few Rocks. columns with some decorations here and there. Rest, there's a few other kind of half-standing buildings here and there. But the rest of the remnants of the buildings have just been reused in the in the houses uh, you, by the Kurds. Basically, would you say that's one of the more like badder conditioned uh, ruins you saw, Subgarabed, like compared to others, or is that I mean, average? Um, like the one I told you in in Kilatash, there's just nothing. It's just flattened. It's not even a stone left. This one, at least, like, okay, fine. There's like stones have been reused in the houses. You can still make them out. There's one chamber left. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the worst, but it's definitely down there. Yeah. Like, obviously, because it's completely been decimated uh, over the years. But then again, when I spoke to the locals, the Kurds, uh, a lot of the old men were sitting outside the mosque. That's all they do there. It's a very boring life because it's a farming life. Yeah. All they do is after they've done their work, they just sit there in front of the mosque, drink chai, smoke, whatever, just chill. We sat with them, talked to them. They didn't say one bad thing about Armenians. We told them. Like, this, this is what the most important building. Like, yeah, when their grandparents came here, they said they settled the area. Mm -hmm. There was uh, no materials to build houses. They said the Turks didn't, uh, government didn't provide anything for them mm -hmm. to build anything. They had no choice in order to survive, to reuse the stones. Obviously, we know before that, in 1915, it was decimated then. Yeah, there, there probably was well. a village there. It just disappeared or they took those rocks or whatever. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's hard to say, really, because from what they told us, they were they came in the 50s and 60s to that region. From nearby villages, they came up there to settle the land yeah. for graves, for agriculture or whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm sure in the times the Armenians were there, they they would have made a small community somewhere. More populous. Like, yeah, no, that was Mush yeah. was a very populated part. And Mush was actually one of those parts of Western Armenia that a lot of people didn't survive. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Well, even in I went to Old Mush as well, by the way, as in the kind of town. remnants of Old Mush. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, two churches there that I found, and remnants of Kachkars on a hillside opposite one of the churches. It's outside of the city. But again, they're not they're not signboarded. They're just left there. But the funny thing is the one one of them is surrounded by kind of new housing. I don't know how long it's gonna be there for that church. The other one is kind of down in a valley. And uh, in that valley where that church is, uh there was a sign in Turkish. It just said anyone caught like destroying anything in this building will face Charges, prosecution. Yeah. But it was an old sign, but it was there. Yeah. But obviously the, the place was already destroyed because people sit there and smoke and drink and, and, and hang out. And so. so look, I mean, for a few things, like for me, like obviously the genocide is horrific, but like on top of it, it's just like erasure of like our memory there that like really eats at me too. And like, okay, yeah. how do we, uh, what do we do to preserve like our last remnants of our history and our heritage there? I mean, that's why it's important for that society to come to terms with their past so that we can do whatever we can to at least put more signs and protect these areas. And it sounds like they're slowly doing that, uh, whether it's like, you know, not fully what would be nice, but uh, like all these monuments need to be protected and it's it's tough. We're, we've already lost so much and there's only a little bit left of all these places. Um, it, 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 like I have to tell you about some other churches that were impressive. I mean, uh, to be fair, after a while, I was going village to village looking at all the churches. I started, my memory just started fading with names and my mind started becoming numb. You know, you keep going to places, you see the same thing. Yeah. Like I just, a lot. so I had to take, yeah, yeah. But certain ones stuck out to me. Like there was one called, um, St. Bartholomew mm-hmm. Monastery. I don't know if you heard about it in Bashkale, Van region. I've heard of it, but... Uh... It's from the 13th, 12th century, 12th, 13th century. It's beautiful. It's like on a... It's kind of on a little mound and it's just a massive structure, just big, beautiful church. There's some um, sculptures on the front, I think, of a lion and some holy men. Inside is completely trashed, but yeah. the outside itself, you can still see the full-on structure which is only maybe half of it. The rest, there was a whole kind of site around that area. And uh, I was there, took the drone up, took some pictures. It was beautiful. And then some kid came up to me. It was quite funny. Kid came up to me and my mate. And he was like, what are you guys doing? This is, uh, what are you guys doing here? This is the place of the Kufar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I started laughing at You're this like, kid. He's like a little 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, then I told my friend to say back to him in Turkish, go, look. We are Kufars, that's why we're here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, he was like, nah, I can't say that to this kid. We're like, oh, we're just documenting or, or whatever. But I think that the position where this church is, is the martyrdom site of St. Bartholomew. Mm-hmm. And not far away, the Iranian border is there. And it, as you go deeper into it, that part of Iran, St. Thaddeus. Which is one of the oldest churches, right, in the world or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And these two guys, they were like bros, you know, like Thaddeus and Bartholomew spreading the the word of... That came to, they Christianized Armenia before it became officially its religion. I mean, they yeah. tried to, didn't yeah, they get killed by it? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, yeah, they got, <laughs> they got like burned alive or something, yeah, or they tried them upside to. Upside down, skinned them or something funny. Skin, yeah, yeah, like fl- flayed, I think is the old term. Flayed, fl- yeah, flayed yeah, I can't remember, yeah. <laughs> right, I mean, they tried, they tried their best. It's like the, I think one of the saints even went to the Mongols. Yeah. 
and yes. he was just like quartered, stretched and quartered alive or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, but, uh, but that place, if you think about it, in the Armenian perspective, it should be a whole, like one of the most, I don't know, prestigious sites for pilgrimage because yeah. it's one of the guys that was trying to bring it to the region it's an before apostle. Gregory, right? It's so, an apostle yeah, exactly. It's huge, yeah. No, they would, and I'm sure it was a, a site of like a pilgrimage back in the day. I, uh, I, I think, I, from what I read, uh, it, it kind of people did come from far and wide to uh, to get to that part, basically. Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. I see the I see the structure as well. The, the main body's there, just not the roof. Um, uh, yeah, the roof is gone, but there's there's some cross there's some cross carvings, some carvings of uh, different people. I think. Uh, there's maybe a lion, someone killing a lion with a spear, from what I remember, mm. and a few like that. And yeah, we, um, yeah. did I tell you about those uh, Kachkars I saw in um, Erzincan? Uh, the biggest no. Kachkars ever, the like massive ones? ones, super tall ones. Yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures where I've heard of them, uh, and they look like that, I've seen people's that like, is like a must see, man. People next to it, and then like you see how big it is, kind of thing, right? Is it yeah, I'm, I'm like tall? I'm just under six foot, and they are literally like two and a half of me. <laughs> yeah, and cool. it's wild. But I think you've got replicas in Etchmiadzin of those. So I, I've seen the tall ones before somewhere. Maybe it was the replicas in Etchmiadzin. I think there was like maybe I've seen a photo of one of them in Julfa and Nachichevan, um, and yeah. and also in one of the churches in Armenia. I remember seeing something big, but it wasn't as quite as big. But I mean, those things are huge. Um, and I didn't know. I think I had known that the, there's like these cla- these like very infamous, yeah. famous ones in Erzincan. Ridiculous. Yeah, they're the ones, man. Like if if anyone's in the region, you have to get there. There is a a dodgy road that load, uh, leads up there, but it's worth taking it. There's a monastery there, which is uh, newer than the, the Kachkars. I think the Kachkars were dragged there from another site, from what I've heard. But the church is maybe from the 18th century or something. It's not that old. And then there's another chapel, and there's there's a third Kachkar on the floor next to the two standing. Yeah. But I think it wasn't as tall, but it's still there. You can read the text on it. It's all still there. Um, you know, I'm reading here right now. Uh, I don't know, never mind. I was gonna say that the the Saint Bartholomew Church was mentioned in detail in like this old Armenian book, but in a uh, manuscript or something, yeah, probably. Yeah, novel Jalaleddin. It's a uh, by Rafi. He's like a very famous uh, okay. writer. Yeah, um, which is interesting. So I'm sure the other church I want to tell you about was called Zarakar. Zarakar, where uh, where's that one? It's at? Uh, kind of in the Kars region in this Kurdish village called Chukur. Chukoraiva, I think it was mm-hmm. called. Basically, it's Cappadocia, Armenian style. Oh. So it's a church built into the cave. In, in the mountain. Into the cave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Inside the mountains, there's like a big chapel area, some Armenian text on the wall, which I think they translated in 2012, and it's a prayer someone giving, a shepherd giving to, to God or something in Armenian. And then there's, I don't know if anyone listening has been to Cappadocia, but you've seen the crosses painted inside these cave churches. Literally, it's the same in this Armenian-style church. Yeah, yeah, very similar. There's also in Vardzia in Georgia, in Javakh, where the Armenian populated area is, there is like this uh, cliffside, like little village town that they built. It's got a similar thing. But you know, it's funny, I always think about the fact that 
the, the people who lived in Anatolia or wherever in Armenia and the Caucasus that there were so many wars and invaders and like armies coming through and this and that that the people literally had to go underground and like live like yeah, ants, yeah, you literally. know, and build cities underground. I mean, that just goes to show how much of a crazy kind of place it was. Um, the funny uh, thing was when I was at this Zarakov um, kind of cave church, this uh, old Armenian one, we met this super nice Kurdish guy who literally, uh, so what happened was we were trying to find it. It's hard to find it. It's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. There's no road markings. It's not mapped. It's not, I mean, only locals would know about it. So we get there. He's working on con- some kind of construction. And he, he's like, I think his name was Adel. He just jumped in with us. He's like, oh, well, I'll take you there. No problem. I'll show you around. Took us there. Took us inside the building. This guy was like 50 right and he was leaping across because to get inside is not easy you got to climb up got to jump across like a big gap and if you slip you're going to break an ankle <laughs> and this guy was leaping back and forth everywhere and me and my mate were just like jesus we're gonna kill ourselves here He's but it's worth man. it and then he took us to the cemetery there was a cemetery there and he took us around and um, we're looking around. There's just rocks everywhere. And I'm like, what kind of cemetery is this? It's just rocks. Then he's like, wait a minute, let me take you over here. He took us to this one particular rock. We f- it took two of us to really just me and this Adil, we flipped this rock over and you can just make out a cross. So this was the old Armenian cemetery uh, from the time of when this rock monastery cathedral was in use. Yeah. And, um, what happened was we, we flipped it, I took pictures, he showed it us. I just walked away from it. Me and my friend thought, oh, that's great. We walked away from it. And he's like, hey, wait, help me flip it back over. We don't want treasure hunters coming here. There you go. So I'm like, we didn't even think about that. I, I would have, if I found it, I would have flipped it and left it, not knowing that, okay, treasure hunters might see a cross and think, hey, let's dig here. As we flipped it, we, we flipped it back, hidden it again. It just looks like a regular rock now. Got me thinking that most of the rocks that look like regular rocks there probably have some kind of text or crosses on them. But what we found just around the corner were a bunch of bones scattered, a skull and everything. And uh, I didn't think about reburying it. My friend didn't think about reburying it. I was in a Shakespeare Hamlet kind of moment. I held the skull in front of me thinking, Jesus, like I've never really held like anything like this. You know, it's just crazy. Like where did it come from? And we kind of found a pit there and it was Adil's idea, this Kurdish guy who lives there. And I think the, the village is actually some mostly Azeri and Kurdish mixed oh, kind of a weird combination of the village. And he was, he was like, we have to bury it. Yeah, it's it disrespectful good. what people have done here. And he is the one leading the whole conversation. Me and my mate were like, shit, I would have just put it back on the floor. I didn't even think about reburying it, you know? So yeah. I jumped down. We just got our hands and knees dirty, just reburying all the bones and things that we found. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, didn't yeah. expect to, to hear it from this dude, you know? It was quite interesting. That makes me cry. <laughs> That's awesome. And then yeah. the other church that I came across that I thought was super interesting, they call it Yanal Kelise mm-hmm. in the Zoradir. Zoradir, I think, is the old name. I'm looking but if you Google the uh, Armenian name, uh, sorry, the Turkish name, Yanal, Y-A-N-A-L Kelise. I found it. Oh, wow. So they say it, it's like, I think it dates back to before... Uh, it's uh, for um, Akhtamar. Akhtamar, I think, is like 10th, 11th century. This is like from the 7th. And they say the guy um, who designed this one, uh, sorry, the guy who designed, um, uh, sorry, mine's slipping. The guy who designed Akhtamar oh, same took, guy. took the, no, not the same guy because it's like oh, a few hundred years apart. Right, right, he right, took right. like kind of the blueprints 
and the way that this one was built to build Akhtamara, basically. Damn. So uh, this now. one is quite interesting. And again, around the corner from this one, I found some Kachkars, beautiful big ones. They're in one of my posts. And uh, it's used as a, as a border fence to keep the goats in, basically. Yeah. They're kind of lined up along the, the floor, used as kind of um, a fence now. Was, um, but the church uh, itself has kind of not been messed with too much. The roof is still there. Some of the, some of the sides have kind of been broken, but it's kind of left as it is, but it's worth seeing if you're in the area. No, I'm looking at it right now. And you, is it in Bashkala area? Bash, that, yeah, yeah, Bashkala, yeah. So if, if you go to Bartholomew Church, uh, maybe another 15 minutes away, you'll come to this village. Oh, yeah, this and, and again, the funny thing is in between... Yanal Kalise, this one, and in between Bartholomew, we stopped at some random village. There was another cave church there. This one in, in worse condition than the other one we saw, but you can still make out some crosses and the kind of Cappadocia vibe that was going on there. So it makes you wonder that at, at the time, like going back a thousand years, at the like the zenith time of like when the Armenians were there, yeah, what yeah. did the place look like? Dude, what that, was going on there? I do it all the time. And uh, I mean, I can like... If I was uh, like a local or a, a Turkish citizen who didn't know anything about the Armenians, or at least the genocide, you know, the bad history, um, and yeah. you're seeing these thousands and thousands of like places and monuments and inscriptions, like it's almost like it's elvish, like a, a civilization gone and like no one knows about, like it's a Mayan, whatever. I mean, it's it's fascinating. It's very like uh, exciting, and it almost seems like you never. Uh, it, you never find them all. Like, there's always another one to find uh, around the corner. You know. It, yeah, you know? always. The, the I had to kind of use process of elimination. So I mapped out like maybe 180 places. I only saw 50 of them, and I know there's way more too. You know. Yeah. But I had yeah. to kind of take the course of action where I look at a structure. Okay, is it me worth taking a picture of this? I look at another place. It's literally just a wall. Yeah. Like, it's not worth me going there just to see a wall. There's yeah. nothing left there, you know. You have to prioritize and, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I try and go to the places um, where it's worth me documenting something. People can appreciate it more. Yeah. Even, you know what, in the north, just near Cars, there's a lake there. Um, Childe Lake, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm around that region, a lot of the people who live there are Aziris, but they're... I mean, you could you could call them Azeri, but they are Karapapak Turks, Karapapa, uh, more or less Azeri, more or less uh, Azeris. And in my time in Armenia, when I was in uh, what's that Lake, lake Arpi in yeah. the north, so those Lake Children Arpi, the border is right there. It's not that far from from mm -hmm. each other, basically. So a lot of the people I met in uh, around Childe Lake, they're like, oh, we are from a village called this, and it turns out. It's kind of where RP is. And when I was in RP, I did come across a lot of sites there. Um, uh, not not like mosques or anything. Though. I think there was one mosque that was fairly new, 19th century in uh, Armenia, around that lake. A couple of uh, maybe six old uh, Muslim cemeteries I came across, documented a few. But anyway, as I was in Childe, uh, speaking to people there, these uh, Azeris who, who were living there, there were some Armenian uh, villages there as well went to a couple of the churches. One of the churches uh, is a mosque now. They painted the... I mean, the church is not dead. In a sense, they didn't destroy it. They just reutilized it, made it into a mosque. 
for me, as an outsider, obviously, uh, someone who's Armenian could probably think that's not a good idea and have their points, which are valid. Me as an outsider, I'm thinking if they never made it into a mosque, they would have just destroyed it. Mm-hmm. To be fair, they would have reused the stones or did something with it. This particular one, they just left the outside as it is, added a minaret inside, repainted. Yeah, there was some text here and there that they, the, the guy who took us inside, he's like, we destroyed the text because in Islamic belief, they can't have like pictures. There was pictures too. Icon, they said icon, they painted yeah. over it. Yeah, icons yeah. and whatever. They said they just painted over it. So at the same time, you could see the big columns and the patterns within the columns as well. The structure was there. On the outside, funny, funnily enough, there was some text. You can kind of make out the top and some faces, maybe of angels, yeah. which yeah. they thought, okay, it's on the outside. We can't really get to it. They left it. Was this the one where uh, it was a, an Azeri man who took care of the church or something? That was, that was another village further north. This one was like, this weird kind of other village we went to. That was another one. There was a Zeri guy there. Um, I forgot his name now, man. But he was a, he was a nice chap. Yeah. Showed us around. He, he has a key, so he just opens it up when people come and want to see nice. it. And he makes sure no one messes with it. He took us to where the cemetery used to be, which is now a road. Yeah. But he said that back when he was younger, people, you could see the stones here, but the, the government made a road through it. Nothing that the villagers could do at the time, but uh, he had nothing but bad things to say, uh, nothing uh, bad yeah. to say about Armenians. When yeah. we told him, he was like, yep, yeah, 10th century. So I think it's Dor- Doriul, I think the village was called. Just came back to me. But he had nothing bad to say, and he didn't say anything. I told him that I was in Armenia, and I took pictures of uh, uh, Muslim cemeteries and whatever, and showed him, and he's like, oh, wow, great gate. Nice to see some of them are still there and whatever. They had nothing bad to say, you know. He was a cool guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking at Karapapaks right now too, and it looks like they were like a, a Turkic group that were like assimilated into the Azeris or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. Like... I mean, I think in modern times, the ones I know uh, from, for example, I think none of them, none of these ones who lived in what is Armenia SSR at the time, had ever been to Azerbaijan SSR. They've always just been there. So I think they migrated mostly to Georgia and Turkey when they, when they left in the 80s, yes. when the whole population uh, exchange madness was going on, early 90s, late 80s. Some went left, some went up to Georgia. So no, that would make none, sense. Of them have, none of them had ever been to Azerbaijan. They just either went to Turkey or to Georgia. Yeah, no, they're just Caucasian Turkey people. But um, no, I mean, the, for much of the history whenever it was uh, more of a pluralistic place everyone just kind of like i i have yeah everyone pic- kind of got along i have this picture of like a of of like a like historical armenia maybe 300 years ago where there would be a jewish village a greek village a turkic village an armenian village a syrian all these different groups all living in the same area now for me who loves history and culture it would be like the coolest thing to see where you could go village to village and like get a little taste of a different culture and different yeah, customs yeah. and it seems beautiful to me so it's a shame um yes. uh, you know it's a similar thing happened in uh, Punjab. So my grandparents, both sets, they they had to migrate as refugees or, or leave, basically. Exodus in 1947 when uh, Pakistan was created. So uh, they lost everything too. But the stories sometimes they should tell me were things like festivals, religious days. They, they learned about all different things together. I mean, Punjab itself is... 
I mean, majority uh, of India Punjab is Sikhs like me, majority uh, obviously of Pakistan Punjab are Muslim, Hindus too. It was a whole vibrant mix of old Punjab, basically. Yeah. Like my granddad would go uh, to the mosque, see his friends, do a prayer there. They would come see him at the temple and all this cultural exchange was quite amazing. It sounds Which is awesome. lost yeah. since, 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 I don't, I don't know, know, both nations gained their independence, that region. Our region, uh, you still see it in pockets. To be fair, when I go to uh, India, Punjab, you you still see um, the the, the, in certain areas the mix is still there. The hatred has subsided. Subsided, I would say. That's the hatred good. and whatever happened is it, the case is different. I mean, obviously in Armenia and then that region is very different to, to kind of I, what, I, what happened in Punjab. Similar in some ways, but different. I know what you mean. In other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we we we've kind of moved on. Like my grandparents moved on. They never told us about their pains, what they saw, what they left. They never told us anything uh, much about it. In their minds, they just moved on and they just lived. No, but that's and we that, forgot it. No, but that's common. Um, the first those survivors of the Armenian genocide, that generation, they didn't talk about it at all with the following generation. Yeah. They, it was maybe like part of it. They were they were ashamed. They were humiliated. It was also obviously a very yeah. traumatic experience. They didn't talk about it. It was it wasn't until the the next few generations started being like, no, that was super messed up. You know, we need justice. We need to do something about it. So, um, before we end, I did want to ask you because uh, you were telling me over the phone earlier that uh, you might be moving to Martin again. Right? Uh, or Poss- not again. Possibly, possibly in a couple of months, yeah. Um, it's because, is it your, was it one of your like favorite places you visited? Uh, would you say? I think in the whole of Turkey, if I could move somewhere, that's the only place I'd probably it's move. Beautiful. Just, just, yeah. It's just a magical place. I mean, there's a small uh, Armenian community there as well. Mm-hmm. A couple of families. There's, I think, two churches there in the center. And um, I've been inside, was. been inside them. There's a couple of obviously Syriac churches as well. I think it was more of a heavy Syriac, Syriac area, yeah. but there obviously were Armenians there too. Um, and I mean, the the best buildings in the town were built by an Armenian uh, craftsman called Sarkis Elias Lole. Lole, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing those photos on your Instagram and the, the detail was amazing. Like those buildings were beautiful and like that alone was like, damn, I mean, what, one imagine if the whole town looked like that and maybe it does. I haven't obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it used to, it yeah. used to like literally it was like a beautiful picture on a postcard, but now it's in the last like 20, 30 years, people are just building horrible buildings on top of their nice old gold rock kind of buildings. And it's a mishmash of things in certain sections. Yeah. You get that old magic. But then in certain areas, people have kind of redeveloped and uh, kind of ruined so, the area. So when, look. You, so when you go to Martin, your plan is to continue this kind of like uh, travel around the country? Yeah, I mean, I still, I still work, you know, so uh, on my days off, I'll have time to uh, explore as, do? Uh, as much as I can. Obviously, you like it. It's a lot of fun. And I mean, I'm very jealous. Yeah, I mean, in in overall, a lot of lot of people Armenians have come to me. Is it safe to go to Turkey? Can I go? Should I go? As I tell all my friends, like uh, my parents are from like India, for example, right? And my friends they would say to me, like friends who are girls, oh, is it safe? Should I go India? And most of the time in the Punjab, it's it's very safe. Like mm. you, there's nothing bad will happen to you. But 
just generally, I always say, look, if you're a female solo traveler or something, in general, it's though, just better. It's just be- anywhere, anywhere, even if you come to my hometown in Leicester. That, that's why I tell you know, people, like, like, in America, you still can't, yeah, you yeah. Know, wherever. Yeah, but. sometimes people can be a bit weird. That's why in, uh, in, uh, the trips I, I took in Turkey, for example, a lot of these people were asking me, can I go from uh, a female by myself? And I was like, you know what? It's always better if you're in a group anyway. Yeah. Take a bunch of your friends with you, just go together for like 10 days, zigzag across different cities, see your heritage. Someone who speaks the language ideally, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that too, that too. Yeah. Which you can find in a lot of these places, for example, in Van and a lot of these places, I've met these people who identify themselves as Kurdish, but they also said that they're Armenian too. Because someone uh, their like their grandmother yeah. or someone, yeah, they, who, who've who've kind of stamped their mark on them, so they haven't grown up thinking I'm 100% Kurdish. They're like, okay, I'm I'm Armenian too. Um, a couple of them, they're doing some good stuff in Van. Like one of them made a, a documentary, discovering places and doing all kinds of stuff. You know, so that um, makes me. Happy. I would say, I would say it's. I would say it's safe, man. Go, go with your friends. Go in a group. Meet some locals who speak the language you want to show you places. Yeah, shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, well, well, and, and of course, like every place, you're gonna meet. You can, you can't swear on the podcast. I'm guessing now. Uh, what did you, go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna say, every, as I tell my friends, every country has this group of dickheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah even right. Armenia. I've met them in Armenia. Yeah, I've been yeah. detained there. Gonna I've been give detained you a hard like time. times yeah. there. You know, yeah. I've been given hard times. Yeah. So, but I've met so many nice people. So it's again with every country, you're gonna meet some bad apples, but there's plenty of good ones out there. No, that's good to hear. And I have to say, like, I have a lot of friends who have done the trip. I mean, granted, they've gone with a big group and with people that know what they're doing. But yeah, and, yeah. but in Armenia, you'll even see like uh, like Western Armenia travel vans. You know, where where you if you're yeah, nearby, yeah, I've you, seen uh, a couple of agencies. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. And they they take what is that? They go they take up it to the Georgia. Best, they take it to the main places. Yeah, but they go through up through Georgia and then down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that a few times. I went to, uh, like, from, I was in Trabzon all the way across to Batumi. as a hopper, Batumi. And then even in my time in uh, Hopper and uh, Chamli Hemshin, I met the Hemshins. the Hemshins? the group of Armenians. Yeah, yeah. Met a bunch of them up there. Stayed in the mountains, like, five days. That's it's quite interesting. So the Hemshins, so, for the listeners, are uh, Muslim Armenians, uh, like, uh, that kind of survived over the centuries. They, I think they converted to Islam, like, a, little, like a yeah, few yeah, centuries yeah. ago. But so there's uh, awesome. many of them. One of my friends, uh, Errol Amaduni, is uh, a Hemshin. But he's been to Armenia many times. He's learned about his Ar- Armenianness, mm-hmm. and he does many posts in Turkish and in English about it. No. I don't know if you heard of him. No, you got to share. You got to share. His oh, I'll share it. Yeah. I'll share it. He's done many videos. He's done many documentation oh. of his family and everyone. You know, maybe I've seen his stuff on YouTube. Actually, maybe you've seen his stuff. I, I yeah, yeah. what it is, but um, no, that, that's good to hear. And I definitely plan on traveling out there and seeing your photographies. Like, I don't know if it's in, like added more inspiration to go, but at least it was nice to see. Okay, this is what's there uh, right now and again like man I have to say since you're non-Armenian like it also makes me happy like look it's someone else is also interested in this stuff someone else can appreciate this stuff almost objectively right like there's no yeah. uh, there's no personal yeah, bias, I'm not, so. yeah I'm not yeah there's no personal uh, it's like I don't know like a vendetta stuff. for me yeah, it's, it's, yeah I'm just an open person just learning uh, as I go along I mean all, all I've kind of photographed is like 10% there's so many I've got pinned on my map. I didn't even have time to see. Many of them are just up a hill, far away, like three hours hiking to yeah. get to certain monasteries and, and places. So a lot of them 
I've only seen 10%. So literally, if you think I've got a lot, that's only 10%. There's so many, so much more out there. Dude, that's awesome. And so I hope... The, the, the other thing I wanted to say was like, yeah. an, another reason as I found out more about the Armenians and what they've been through, as, as I was in uh, Gaziantep, as, uh, as I was telling you before, it was even like my people, the Punjabis, like uh, being a Sikh, going through our, our history... We've had genocides against us in like the 17th century. Mm. People try to wipe us out. At one point, we didn't exist. Yeah. But and as I tell my Armenian friends, I'm here, you're here. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so because when they feel sometimes my friends feel bad about certain things, they see something and they're like, oh man, I feel bad about this. We used to live there and what. I'm like, look, you're alive. I'm alive, man. Let's fucking celebrate that. You know, like, come on. Let's celebrate and there's hope, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's hope. And exactly. Hope. There's always hope. You gotta have hope. Slowly things, I mean, the, the thing with Turkey, from what I've learned, is the government probably no hope, but the people <laughs> on the grounds, the people I've met in the villages, the nice peoples in the cities, they are cool. There's, they want to learn. They want to know more about things that are happening. And when I tell them this was an Armenian church, they want to hear about it. Like, oh, tell us more about it. What is this place? Well, that, that gives me a lot of hope. And um, and if there's anyone listening who is uh, interested in uh, uh, G's work, uh, you can look up Avara the Wanderer on Instagram and on Twitter, right? Um, and if anyone has any ideas to collaborate and, you know, showcase his work, I'm sure he'd, you know, love to work with all of us. So, um well, man, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, this was awesome, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of your uh, footage and your photography, and we're definitely going to share it with our listeners. So thank you, man. Yeah, that's cool, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. It's my first kind of, uh, I don't know, podcast. Yeah, man. Is it a podcast? Yeah, it's a podcast, and, you're, yeah, okay. and all, it, the center yeah. of attention is all on you. <laughs> I don't even know the terms, man. Come on. I don't even know it's called a podcast. I thought it was like a video cast that the, we're doing the, or something. I, I had no idea. No, usually what it was not. exactly yeah man no, this well, who knows awesome. maybe if you do uh, if you do another one in the future I'll have to re- search my memory banks I have thousands of stories which have just fell out of my head as I started this but those totally come back to me and uh, yeah, there's, I'll well, tell you that's another a, time that's the thing man we could do we could probably talk for a very long time so but my my I guess I have a kind of a speech before I leave I guess is to say that Hopefully in the future, Armenians will be uh, easily able to go uh, into Turkey and visit their uh, heritage sites. And uh, to anyone listening, you should go. Mm-hmm. Go and see where your ancestors came from and, and what's out there. At times it will be sad, but at the same time, I think you, you will, um, I don't know, you'll, you'll pass a, a kind of a milestone in your life. Something maybe will change inside you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to do better with what you have. And today some, and have some clo- you know? some closure and some closure uh, as well you know, closure as well whatever yeah, it is yeah. that's how I see it too and that's why I'm looking forward I'm definitely gonna cry a bunch but I'm definitely gonna uh, it's, it's not, I, I can already tell that's why I'm like waiting on it I'm like it's gonna be so powerful of an, yeah. of an experience that but no I, one but, no one in the village has ever said anything like weird to us they just came out. And they were like, oh, who are these guys taking pictures, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. they just had positive things to say. But I hope in the future things change for the better. And these these ones kind of stuck in limbo on the border on both sides. Get I hope that they get open. Because a lot of my Armenian friends don't even know about those three on the Armenian border. Yeah. That are just stuck in limbo and you need uh, special access to, to view them. Which you shouldn't. You should be able to walk right up to them. Yeah. They're on Armenian soil. They belong to your people. You should go up to, to see them, not have Russian soldiers tell you no. Yeah. You can't see them. You know, it's crazy. I didn't even know that, so... 
But um, thanks again, G, and this was awesome. No and problem, best mate. of luck, and uh, yes. we'll talk soon. All right, mate. Cheers. You are listening to Hightuk Talks, the official podcast of the AYF West. I'm Haik Minasian, and we're just a couple of Armenians talking in the world. A couple of Armenians talking in the world.